0: You are listening to the Husker's Nutrition Podcast. Presented by Midwest Dairy and your local farm families. Here is your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back into episode four of our Husker's Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie and we got a couple new members, a couple different members of the Performance Nutrition staff here at the University of Nebraska. Joining us for this episode is Riley Loy and we have Tori Beeler. Thank you ladies for joining us. Thanks for having us. So we've been tackling a number of different topics and you guys have two more, two different topics for us to talk about today, but I always like to start getting to know you a little bit. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit of your background, how you got here and um, which sports you work with.
1: Perfect. So my name is Riley Loy. I'm an associate sports dietitian at University of Nebraska. You may hear my accent. I am from (laughs) small town Kentucky, graduated from UK. I started out at Nebraska as an intern, then turned into a full-time job. Other opportunities opened. I've worked for Kansas City Royals, LSU football, but I'm so excited and happy to be back at Nebraska. I currently work with baseball, soccer, and spirit squad. Oh,
0: awesome.
1: Um, um, I've been here since 2016, started as an
2: athlete, Um, and then during COVID, I was like, I'm pretty much done with athletics, but I still have to graduate. Wouldn't hurt to make money, so I started working here as a student mm-hmm. worker. Um, graduated, went to SLU for my master's and like my internship to do the whole dietetic thing. Mm-hmm. And then I came back here as a fellow, which is what I am now. Um, this past season, I've worked with softball and baseball, and our fellows like rotate. So now I'm going to start working with women's golf and swim
0: and dive. So we were just talking before we started recording and, and this is something that we haven't talked on, but you guys do a lot working with your individual teams and the mm-hmm. training table, but then you also play a part in recruiting. How big mm-hmm. is that part of the role too is is when these student athletes come in that you're you're helping say, Hey, this is what we're gonna do for you when you come here, if you come here.
1: Oh, it's huge. And I think one thing I just love about Nebraska is how involved how much the administration believes in nutrition. We have one of the largest staffs in nutrition, and mm-hmm. I'd say probably the country. Definitely Big Ten for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still the yeah. country. <laughs> but a lot of our coaches see the value and want us there. So, for example, yesterday I was talking to a potential like baseball recruit and stuff, and then we, it's just a great environment to have it and know that they want our input and want us to help in that process. Yeah, it's from being recruited here it was like
2: a thing that i remembered of our nutrition department does a lot for us and then being on the side of being able to recruit Mm -hmm. it at least the swim coaches being around them a lot it's Mm -hmm. like hit hard on this Mm because you won't get it anywhere in the country
0: Mm -hmm. so what's yourself what what are you telling recruits when they're coming in you said you talked to a baseball player like what are some of the things that you talk to them about when they're here
1: I mean, I came back here from other schools, from major leagues, from LSU. I wanted to come back here because nobody can match the resources. Mm -hmm. We're one of the only schools Mm -hmm. that feed all of our athletes three meals a day, five times we can give them money on the weekend. Like, we can look a parent in the eye and say, your kid comes here. We take care of them. And our school provides the same quality of care for all of our sports as they would football, baseball, Mm -hmm. basketball that like, you get to come here, you're taken care of.
0: What about the training table, and and she just kind of hit on Mm -hmm. it, but that not a lot of places have a training table that all student athletes get to come and eat at. How important is that to just, even the overall culture of the athletics department, that Mm -hmm. everybody kind of gets to hang out together down there at the training table?
2: I think it's really important just because it's like, if you're a small sport and you can kind of see the other schools, they don't necessarily care about them, from a recruiting standpoint or even as an athlete standpoint, like, you'll come in and you're going to feel like you're the most important person there. And I, we like to say in the recruiting process, like, did you feel like a number or did you feel like a person? Mm -hmm. And if you felt like a number, you probably shouldn't go there.
0: (laughs) I love that. -hmm. that. Okay, well, let's dive into the topics that you guys are here for. Safe supplementation. That's... You you okay? Oh yeah. um, okay. <laughs> Wait a second. So safe supplementation and just supple- supplements overall. How what's what's the benefit? How important are they? What kind of role do they play? I guess let's start there.
1: It's always the most common question. Even going back to recruiting, every athlete always the parents the athlete may ask, what about supplements? And usually they ask about supplements before food. Mm -hmm. So our job as dieticians is educate where the supplements come in to make you 1% better. I always say nutrition makes you 1% better, but how do we use that supplement overall to make you that, to give you that increase in performance? Biggest thing with supplementation, I say, if you're not eating right, if you're not eating three meals a day with snacks, flush flush the supplements out of the toilet, because they're not gonna help you. You cannot out supplement Mm -hmm. a bad diet period, but you can use them to help you if your diet's good. Now, supplements have their time and place. So you have popular ones, basic multivitamins. Um, those, you know, say you go to Cane's for lunch. You're not getting your greens mm-hmm. with it. If you're consistently taking that, you kind of have the insurance policy. You kind of, you're getting your vitamins and minerals to be a D1 athlete there. Mm-hmm. We say that like those vitamins and minerals, they're like, motor oil for the vehicle you know car can't run without motor oil mm-hmm. um, that's one of our most common ones we provide several for our athletes so protein powder multivitamin vitamin d um, Elite. trying to think um, mend which helps heal lig- ligaments tissue uh, ligaments tendons for our injury prone athletes or athletes after surgery tart cherry juice um, we provide caffeine as a pre-workout through our cold brew coffee but there are so, some supplements you can't provide to an athlete, but they can take, buy on their own. So creatine, caffeine, so like the Gatorade Fast Twitch, mm-hmm. can't, you can't provide it to them. Um, any I can think of? Beta-alanine. Is yeah, beta-alanine. Pre-workout. So they can we can give them recommendations. Okay. So the type we're looking for is NSF certification, which does the top-of-the-line testing. So that tells us every batch is tested, every, every bottle, each one. So, I mean, the problem is with supplements, it's, let's say, a $40 billion industry. Yeah. There's no regulation on supplements. So, a recent study came out about, they done like the gummies and melatonin on like any store shelf, and a lot of them showed different substances in each one because there's no regulation on them. Some had melatonin, some didn't, some had CBD. Some had weight over the dosage, and some had none with it. So we're making sure not only is the athlete getting what is advertised, but there's no banned substance. And we're starting to see that come in the news now about eligibility. You know, athletes right. getting suspended because they pop positive from mm-hmm. untested vitamin C. Mm-hmm.
0: How important is that? Because I was going to ask you about that. Um, there is so much out there, and when athletes mm-hmm. are trying to gain or, or whatever, I, I mean. How do you, is it, is it the education part of it, making sure mm-hmm. that you are letting them know, hey, what's safe, what's not safe, so that mm-hmm. they don't have a, a test that comes back that does exactly. mess with their eligibility?
1: Exactly, and that's usually the first thing we say on all the recruiting processes. Um, when we know the athlete's committed, letting them know, let me know what you're taking. If you're thinking about buying something, send me a picture of it so we can guarantee the it's certified, that you're getting the best quality, especially if you're having to spend your own money on it, but you have to take it your own risk. We provide the education. I think the biggest issue we see is energy drinks right now. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some that are tested. Red Bull C4. But again, you might look in the baseball. Mm -hmm. Rain, oh my gosh. Yeah, bang, (laughs) all that stuff. Um, So I think the issue, the culture of energy drinks right now is, that's where the waters get if. And you may say, tell the athlete,
0: but like, oh, it's just one energy drink. So, when you're talking about these different types of supplements, can you maybe give us some examples about creatine, for example, what kind of athlete and when they would be utilizing that in mm-hmm. addition to the foods that they're taking mm-hmm. in?
1: So, one thing, again, creatine, if you're not eating right, if you're not skipping meals consistently, not going to help you. Um, creatine's one of the safest supplements, though, but unfortunately, we're not allowed to provide it because it is a. S- it's.
2: It's the most researched. It's the, like, very known to help with athletics, mm-hmm. and we're not allowed to give it to people because it's
0: viewed as too helpful. Okay. So <laughs> there's yeah. even regulations, what you're going to is there's regulations to even what you guys can provide yeah. yes. to, to supplement that nutrition. It's, exactly. It's the same reason with, like, caffeine. Like, we're not yeah. allowed to give it to them because it's... Too beneficial to, okay <laughs> mm-hmm. okay well, how do you guys stay on top of all this it's a lot a lot of paperwork a lot of new research <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
1: we're again we're lucky to have a large department I don't know how departments do it with only one or two dietitians oh, gosh. Um, but for example you know you see creatine a lot of guys want to be on the gains mm-hmm. um, I've been really encouraging a lot of our female athletes yeah, you get the gains. I think there's a fear of, will I gain too much. Will I look bulky. But the benefits of we're gaining lean muscle, there's this common fear of, like, I'll get too big. But the only studies that support that is if you're over-scooping, like, oh, one scoop's good. Let me do four. And you'll <laughs> mm-hmm. mostly see that in men mm-hmm. um, from a recent continuing education we just listened to. Um, but huge help, we're starting to see a lot of benefits with concussion protocol, so that's one thing we're encouraging now. So for example, soccer, think of how much the ball hits the head mm-hmm. with it. So anything we could do to stay on top in preventative care.
0: But mm-hmm. basically what you guys are encouraging that it all starts with the nutrition and the food, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing there?
1: Yes. Food first. Food, food first. <laughs> Supplements have their time and place. but. A grilled chicken breast isn't as shiny as a mass gainer protein <laughs> yeah actor.
0: Late night studying, intense practice, cramming for that big test? Take a moment to reset yourself with dairy. Dairy foods like milk and yogurt allow you to stay in the game with immunity-boosting nutrients like vitamin A, vitamin D, zinc, and protein to keep you fueled without the crash. Trusted by athletes and supported by science. A message from Midwest Dairy and your local farm families. Let's talk about nutrition goal setting. And so Mm -hmm. tell us about SMART, right? is the acronym SMART. SMART goals. So
2: specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time. Okay. So we just did a lot of DEXAs and we, when we have them for seven minutes, we try to make goals with them. I worked with baseball. So I said, okay, do you remember what your goal was from the last time we met? I don't know, get big. <laughs> is that p- specific? No, <laughs> but we can use that as a way of like, okay, you wanna get big, you wanna gain muscle. Okay, how is that gonna look from a nutrition perspective? Cause I'm not gonna work with you in the weight room. I'm not your coach. I just care about how can we complete that goal through nutrition? So we talk, talk, talk. Obviously, he skips lunch. We'll say, well, he skips lunch. Okay, specific would be, I'm gonna make lunch every single day. Okay, would that be um, measurable? Yes, because we have our little scanning system so we can see if he's coming in every day. Yes, it's measurable. Um, Attainable, maybe because he's going from zero to 100 really quick. So thinking, let's start at three days a week, go to lunch. Um, Realistic, realistic and attainable can kind of be the same thing, but um, I kind of like to look at it as attainable is something that you can do, whereas realistic is something, are you actually going to do it? So yes, he'll go three days a week, but are you actually going to get food or are you going to get a banana and leave? And then time-sensitive would be, it can go in two ways. We can look at it as a, we're going to do this for a month and see how you do. Or we can say that the time is, I'm going to come to lunch at this
0: time every single day.
2: Or the days that we decide that he's going to come.
0: What specific goal, Like maybe if you can give us an example Mm -hmm. um, of okay uh, say a baseball player needs to come in and lose some weight like how what kind of what does that goal look like like is it a pounds thing is it a is it based on the dexa scan how does how do you guys go about measuring Mm -hmm. that we try to not be specific
2: Mm -hmm. on weight it's Mm kind of like uh, if the coach says hey we need to have them lose five pounds i'm going to come talk to him and say i don't care about your weight i care about how you're playing Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. um
2: you need to be quick If you're not being quick, that's a problem. (laughs) Okay, Okay? yeah. So sometimes losing weight is beneficial, but we don't like to focus on that. We like to focus on, um, like, the performance of it. Right. So looking at that, okay, he tells me, yeah, I have been feeling sluggish. Okay, your practice is at three. What are you having for lunch? Well, I'm not really having lunch at all. Okay, well there you go, you don't, you're don't. you not eating your energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's focus on making
0: lunch and getting carbs in you. Mm-hmm. I know that Lisa has always said she wants to get rid of the scale altogether. Oh, so I guess yeah. that's kind of where the, the education for us as viewers and fans come in, is, is that it isn't just about, hey, let's lose 15, 20 pounds. It's mm-hmm. more about how you're performing mm-hmm. and, and what helps you perform at your best. Mm-hmm. And that can
1: get a little tricky, especially with female athletes. Mm-hmm. So we're always asking, so for example, our decks, our body composition testing, we ask our female athletes how, so for example, soccer, when we did there is in May, each girl I asked, how did you perform? I did, Riley, I had the best spring. Okay, forget this machine. Who cares? You were, repl- this machine doesn't define you. We don't put a jersey on and tell it to go play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one part and sometimes it doesn't get the whole picture. Right. Um, we're very protective of the data in it to make sure it's not ever used against a player or an athlete. But we, Trevor, try to focus specifically on pounds. Mm-hmm. No, it could be a different case for a wrestler right. where you may have a weight specific, like you got to make weight. Right. But how mm-hmm. are we doing this in a healthy way where we're still keeping lean tissue, lean muscle, um, and losing it the right way? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: And then. Um, I guess maybe dive into short-term, long-term goals. So if you, you're talking about goals and these SMART goals, mm-hmm. what's, what are, what's the difference, I guess, between a short-term goal and a long-term goal?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, per the internet, <laughs> a short-term goal is something that can happen in like a year to three years, and then a long-term goal is like five to ten. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're seeing the max of five years with COVID, mm-hmm. maybe six. So I like to look at a long-term goal as, like, as far out as I'm a freshman, what do I want to, com- like, accomplish by my senior year? Mm-hmm. And then the short-term goals are more of every three to six months. Like, mm-hmm. if my long-term goal is at the end of the season, I want to have this time in my event then I'm going to say, okay, a short-term goal would be let's look at mid-season, make a mid-season goal.
0: I think also fans might be interested in hearing how you guys, because you work very closely with strength and conditioning staff, mm-hmm. what that looks like mm-hmm. in terms of when you are talking about these goals and, and how you have that communication with mm-hmm. your strength and conditioning coaches. Mm-hmm.
1: So I meet with my athletes at the beginning of the semester and at the end, and we kind of put our goals. So we have our summer goals right now, I let the coaches, strength coach, athletic trainer, all know what those goals are. Nothing specific, not like, say, I let them know they're working on high, so-and-so's working on hydration. I don't let them know that the goal is two Stanley Cups a day mm-hmm. with it. So just keep it broad. So we're all aware, hey, I've met with them. I think having that communication, letting them know we've mm-hmm. met, we've talked these goals, we've met, made the measurable goals with them, but we give the, we've worked with them, we're letting them know, they don't need to know the nitty-gritty of it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: And even if I've had it where they have a, like a sports goal, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, how can nutrition like help with this? Like Mm -hmm. they're doing more in the weight room. Okay, well, are they eating more too with it to like help them be better in
0: the weight Mm -hmm. room? Yeah, for sure. And then um, just the the ability for you guys, you both have talked about the staff here and the resources, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. how beneficial is it to be able to be embedded with a team like baseball and, and to have your sports specifics that you, that you guys mm-hmm. work with and there's a team of people that get to really mm-hmm. hone in on the individual sports and give a lot of attention to those individual mm-hmm. sports.
1: It makes all the difference in getting that 1% better. Um, even with our size of our staff, we can't be at everything. So we rely on the strength coaches, the athletic trainers all the time. Like, what team talks do you recommend? What did you notice? Oh, I noticed that they weren't getting enough protein the other day. Can we talk about this? Um, it just lets us have that relationship to be more present versus running around with our heads cut off. <laughs> mm-hmm. It also helps
2: when you have, like, a singular message that mm-hmm. everybody's communicating. So it's like, we are all a team rather than oh the coach has said this but nutrition is saying the opposite and strength is saying one thing it's like as an athlete you're probably like well I, now i don't know what to do but with one message it's like okay i know the goal of our team
0: last thing i got for for both of you with lisa kopecky serving as the director of performance mm-hmm. nutrition and just having a woman in a leadership role how what does that mean to you guys as, as young women in this field to have someone in that, you know, a lot of times in sports, it's still kind of growing across all sports about mm-hmm. having women in leadership roles to, to have her as, as a director of the program here at Nebraska?
1: Oh, I, it's so inspiring. I can't, I honestly, it's so amazing to me. I can't put it into words, you know, for us as young women in the athletics role to see such a strong mentor her and Marquita especially as Mm -hmm. well to see how we handle issues how we work because it's hard you're some's the only girl Mm -hmm. I think when COVID happened it was me and one other girl in the football bubble here so some's you're in the boys club and it's just refreshing to hear how they handle what we need to do and have a leader as strong as them Mm -hmm. and I think it really shows like it's okay to be a female
2: Mm -hmm. in a male area and like be powerful Mm -hmm. because it it's one thing to just be a female in a male dominated area but it's another thing to like be a voice and like not just be oh Mm -hmm. it's it's the girl Mm -hmm. we don't need to listen to her Mm Lisa says you're going to
1: listen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she's a boss. Yes. Especially
1: without feeling like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. or any of that. It's like, no, I have an opinion. I'm going to express it. I'm not going to feel guilty about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she's awesome. All right. Well, Tori and Riley, appreciate your time. Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Again, this has been the Oscars Performance Podcast brought to you by Midwest Dairy and your local farm families. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to Never Miss an Episode right here on the Oscars Radio Network Podcast. Thanks for listening.